Hi guys, you're listening to Purpose, and I am your host, Peter Lopez. We're going to take a different approach as we begin today's podcast. We're pretty much just going to jump right into a biblical text and see how it really gives us guidance as we kind of encounter some of the challenges, the difficulties of our lives. Now, the text we're going to be looking into covers about a 40-day span of time in the life of Jesus. At this point, Jesus is probably right at about 30 years old or so. And really, it's only recorded, though, in 11 verses. So 11 verses tells us about what took place overall during those 40 days of his life. This whole story is recorded by three writers in the Bible, so you can look up their different passages. The first one is in Matthew chapter number four. It's the first 11 verses. That's where we're going to be today. Uh, Honestly, no particular reason why we chose that passage, just because it's the first one in the New Testament. We'll go with that. It's also in Mark chapter number one, verses 12 and 13. And then you can find it again in Luke chapter four, the first 13 verses. So we're just going to jump right into the first verse, and we're going to start digging in and learning a little bit more about what Jesus experienced. It says, Then Jesus was led up into the wilderness uh, by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Now, guys, there is so much in this verse. We're going to just look at a little bit of it, and then we're going to circle back around at the end and kind of talk about a little bit of it, and I believe it's going to be helpful for us. But this verse definitely tells us that Jesus goes, right after he's baptized, goes into a wilderness setting, and that he is led there into the wilderness by the Spirit. So this idea of being led by the Spirit is something that we're going to circle back around to. We're going to find out how dynamic it is, and yet how practical it is for your life. Uh, Honestly, for every decision you make and and every moment you live, it's going to be helpful to you. But it says he was, this all took place because he was going to be tempted by the devil. I want you to notice that. So I know whenever we see the word devil in our society, in our culture, we sometimes get freaked out. Is it real? Is it demons? Like, what is all that? All right. So the biblical passage makes it very clear that there is an actual being, an actual entity. He is called Satan. He is called the devil. He is basically the prince of all evil. He is only one being. He's not multitudes. And he cannot coexist in multiple settings and multiple occasions and multiple places of time. He is only one. He leads an army, the scripture tells us, and other passages of demons. As we keep getting deeper into the life of Jesus, we're going to see how he uses them. But I just want you to understand that there is a real being out there called Satan. And this being Satan we're going to find here is what we call, the scripture calls tempting Jesus. Tempting is trying to get Jesus to do something that would go against the ultimate plan or the ultimate design of Jesus, pulling him away from what his intention in this life was. We learn a lot about the devil in this context, and and essentially what we learn is he's real, for one, and and two, we learn that he does like to thwart what God has made or created, and so you need to understand him enough to know that that's his goal, and that's how he's going to lead his army, and that's the purpose for which he is going to try to influence culture, influence you, your home, your relationships, your work, and so on and so forth. You need to understand that about Satan. If he's going to do it to Jesus, 
then you know that it's an example of the type of thing that he is going to try to do to all of us. So immediately we now find that Jesus is going to experience Satan's attempt to tempt him away from Jesus' own design and purpose in this earth. So we know Jesus is going to encounter a very difficult time. And of all things, he's in the wilderness. So it appears like he has no other human relationships. It's it's him and, and it's his father, of course, who's always with him. And it's Satan who is there. It says that Jesus, while he was in the wilderness, that he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. In fact, in the passage that Luke in, in Luke tells us that Jesus experienced a temptation for 40 days and 40 nights. Really, it's it's vague. It doesn't give a ton of detail about what it is that Jesus experienced exactly over the span of all of that time. Um, but we do know that it was a very difficult and pressure-filled moment for Jesus that he was experiencing a constant attack from Satan to try to get him to act in a way that would relinquish his presence and his purpose. And so this is a difficult time that Jesus is experiencing, guys. And so the way Jesus is confronting this, it says is he's actually fasting. And the idea of fasting is a, is kind of a, a very kind of religious and it, uh, idea, and it's kind of confused now. I just want to make sure you understand that fasting is is in the passage. It is the act of doing without in food in this particular passage, doing without food for the purpose of being absolutely focused on the experience or the relationship, maybe is a better way to put it, the relationship that Jesus has with his father that the fasting and the focus was able to give him enough of a physical strengthening and a spiritual strengthening that he can actually endure the temptation attempts by Satan, even though he had no physical food, the fasting provided enough spiritual strength that the spiritual actually seemed to bolster up his emotional, his physical, uh, his spiritual. Every element of him was was bolstered, was boosted because of his fasting. And honestly, guys, there may be times in your life where this is absolutely necessary, where you feel weak or you feel like you have been depleted and you're not sure how to refill yourself and really what you might need is what jesus gives you the example of a complete focus in on god and your relationship with him where you're absolutely absorbed in god's presence god's character god's goodness god's relationship and all things god so much so that you are willing to set aside food for a period of time jesus did it 40 days I've never done it 40 days. I don't even know if I could, uh, to be honest. That sounds absolutely crazy, but that's what Jesus did. But listen, what Jesus is going through is the presence of Satan on him. That's a completely different, a different level right there. So maybe that's what you need, guys, to fill you up. Just take a meal or take half a day, maybe, and just say, you know what? I'm going to skip it, and I'm not going to just do things. I'm going to stay somewhere where it can just be me and God. I'll be honest. Best settings I love to experience this are in the woods 
out in nature. It's hard to just stay home in your room or in your living room, uh, something like that. I love being out somewhere where it is still not me doing something. I don't, don't want to be at work. I don't want to be answering my phone and text. That's, that's not me and God. That's me and daily life. Just take a time and focus in on him. Do something, go somewhere different. Sit by a lake, get on a boat, sit in the middle of the woods, camp out. I don't know, but just get with you and God. That might be what you need, guys, to replenish you right now. Jesus did it and seemed to be absolutely great during these 40 days. But it says after he fasted for the 40 days, he was hungry. So once he's done, and once he is now preparing to essentially re-engage the normalcy, so to speak, of life, that's when the hunger hits him. This is incredible. This means he was absolutely sustained by his presence and his communication and his openness with his father. This tells you the depth of relationship with God that he had This even gives you and I the idea that it's the same depth that we can have with God as well. That his presence could be so genuinely real that it can actually sustain us for things that are very physical and very daily in routine to us. But when it's all done, Jesus gets hunger. He's re-engaging culture now and re-engaging the normalcy of life and he does get hungry. Now, the passage tells us that it's in the midst of or after this time where he's now hungry that Satan now puts on his like full-blown effort or attempt to come at Jesus. It says the tempter. That's what it actually calls uh, Satan. He comes to Jesus. He says, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be turned into bread. I'm not going to claim to know exactly what Satan meant. Three times he's going to try to tempt Jesus. I don't think I'm smart enough, to be honest, to know exactly what he was tempting Jesus towards or what he meant. And and honestly, I don't think I'm even wise enough, maybe not spiritually matured enough to fully be able to know what Satan's doing here. I just don't. I feel like he's so deceptive. Satan is. He's, He's so slippery and slimy and manipulative. Who knows what he's really getting at the heart at here? But I do know what Jesus says back to him. So that's kind of where I focus in and learn our lessons for today. Because when Satan says, if you're the son of God, just tell these stones right here to be turned into bread, Jesus answers to him. And what Jesus' answer is, is what we learn. Jesus says to him, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. All right, so in this passage, in this response, Jesus is telling Satan that man doesn't simply live by physical bread, physical necessities, but man is actually able to live out of the very words, the very breath, the very presence of God himself. This is huge, guys, because it goes to what we just talked about a moment ago, that We get so focused in on the physical elements of life that are all around us that we forget that it will be impossible for us to live through the physical elements that we see with our own eyes without having the deeper relationship, without having the deeper essence that can only come from God. All right, so... This is absolutely fantastic. Jesus proved it. 
by way of 40 days without eating and being just fine. And now it's exactly what he is communicating to Satan here. Satan doesn't realize the power probably that God has in when he connects with man and man connects with God, it can become so filling, so completing that man loses some of his physical needs because of the depth of what he gets from God. When you are fully plugged into, engaged, tied into God, so many things in your life change. And that's how God wants us to be. That's what Jesus tells him here, that it's something deeper that we live by. And and I want you to live by that same deeper thing. I need to live by that same deeper thing. And it's hard. I get it because life, it just is right there in front of you all the time. And you get so focused in on what's right in front of you, but you will never face what's right in front of you the way God intends for you to face it. If there is not something deeper that you are rooted in, that is giving you that core strength, that is giving you that core essence to be able to go through it. Well, then Satan takes it to a whole other level. He basically somehow transports Jesus to Jerusalem, to this temple out of the wilderness now. It's a very high point on the temple in Jerusalem. And he tells Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down because it's written that he can give his angels charge and that they will come and they will lift him up so that you won't even hit your foot against a stone. That's what the next temptation is. Why don't you just basically throw yourself down and let's let's have you prove your power and your authority. Again, too manipulative. I have no idea what Satan is really trying to get to. But I see what Jesus says. And Jesus says, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And in this one statement, Jesus is making it very clear that the Lord, he is our God. Jesus is our God. It's the word Lord means control. It means power. It means authority. And Jesus is trying, or Satan is trying to tempt Jesus' power and control and authority to see if he really has it. Jesus doesn't have to fall into this trick to prove it. Jesus just says, look, we know I'm in charge here. You guys never forget that. Jesus is ultimately in charge. He's ultimately in control. He is the Lord, our God. So on a third and final attempt, the devil takes him up to a very high mountain now, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their grandeur. And then he says to Jesus, all these things will I give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus says to him, get away from here, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. You only serve the Lord God. You only worship him. The only one who is worthy, is what is being said here, worthy of all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our focus, all of our attention, is the Lord our God. Again, if we focus on him, if we allow ourselves to 
experience the fullness of his relationship. Our heart is so drawn into him and our core is so tied into his essence that he becomes our focus. All these statements that Jesus made are so intricately tied together that he is essentially teaching you and teaching me, teaching the whole world because it's recorded in three different places in the Bible, teaching the whole world of the power of a genuine relationship with Jesus. It's incredible, guys. It really is. It is. So listen, I told you I'd go back to that first verse as we start to wrap things up here. So I want to go all the way back to that first one. It says, Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit. Now, I explained to you who the devil is. What about the Spirit? The Spirit is a part of the intricacy of who God is. It's the Spirit is God, and God is the Spirit. The Spirit lives inside of you, so the Spirit is God inside of you. God lives inside of all of his people. He lives within every single one of us. There is already a God element in every human being because we are designed and created by God. But when the Spirit fully indwells us, lives inside of us, it's it, it, it is the it is the ultimate essence of our connectivity to God. The Spirit is. He truly is. That experience and having the Spirit inside of us. Being led by the Spirit. What does that mean? All right. So let's put all of this together and really just get some really great insight here. You're living in a crazy world. We all are. We're living in a crazy world that we know has the influencer of Satan, whose main goal is to thwart, it appears, the the plan and the purposes of God, whether it be for the world or make it really personal for your life. We know that. You're going to experience the temptation to focus on all of the physical things you see right in front of you. To focus on everything that you can get your hands on, that you can touch, that you can accomplish, that you can do. Whether that is in the world of like your career, whether it's in the world of spirituality, or whether it's in your family life, or the deepest places of your heart that nobody else knows. You're going to experience the temptation to just focus on all those things that you can see, do, and touch, and so on and so forth. But what Jesus teaches us in this passage is you have to allow your soul to go deeper into the very essence of God himself. Allow him to connect with you because he wants to, and he's not making it hard. He just wants you to have the desire to connect with him and the willingness to connect with him in that you will find that your strength, your perseverance, your hope, your comfort, your clarity, your wisdom, everything about you will go to a whole other level because it's no longer just coming from you. Now it is being fully powered by God who is the ultimate power source. Once that happens, you're going to find that your focus will be on God. 
you're going to find that you're going to allow yourself to experience God's presence. And then ultimately, you're going to find that your heart is going to be so overwhelmed with constant infatuation with him. And in that, you will then begin to experience that being led by the Spirit. You're going to find that every moment of every day, you want to be with God. Every moment of every day, you're feeling his presence with you. You're seeing that there is no accident, that he's directing, he's guiding, he's putting all things together. This is what Jesus teaches us through this temptation, guys. It's super awesome. And I hope and pray that every one of us can have the depth of this relationship that he intends to have with us. This is what he wants. It's you and him, a direct line. So guys, let's let's uh, let's let him be who he is. And let's let him let him guide us through that moment by moment process of being sourced in him. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.